Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, boy, it's so nice to be with you. Uh, honestly, you probably already have recognized this very different message this morning than usual uh, because both of us are up here. So if we haven't met, uh, I want to introduce myself. My name is Alex Grom, and I am the... Oh, thank you so much. That happens at Torrance. Maybe it will happen here now because of our people. Uh, I'm the campus pastor at what was our Torrance campus. We'll rise again. No worries about that. Uh, and we aren't connecting live with our Torrance campus because thank you so much for making it over here, uh, all of you who are from our Torrance campus regularly. But we are connecting now with people online, so it's great to be with you if you're uh, looking at this online sometime, maybe live or during the week. It's great to have you here for church. I'm Jason Cusick. I'm lead pastor here at the church. And oh, I get a plus. <laughs> it usually doesn't happen here. So, uh, And if you're new with us, I just want to say a special welcome to you. This is actually a really great Sunday if you're new to church, new to checking us out, because um, today is a a unique day. Next week, uh, we're starting a new series of messages that's going to lead us into Easter. But today, we're going to be talking about who we are as a church and where we're going as a church this year, because um, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, our church did uh, what was called the, the Barna Church Pulse Survey. And 757 of us responded, went through this survey together, and the results were really great, kind of telling us who we are, uh, our strengths, some of our growth areas. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So it's a great day to be here and a great day for all of us to be together to say, you know, how can we pull together, take a look at what the Bible says about uh, us and about growth and what that looks like. So that's what we're going to be doing today. It's been exciting for us as we've been going through this material that some of it you've seen us pepper into some of these early messages in the year, but this was the Sunday where we're like, hey, let's share uh, some results, let's share some themes so that everyone can be on the same page of what this, uh, what this did for us, what the benefit was of this uh, survey that we did in the fall. Um, let me to open by saying that uh, this survey was a lot like going to the doctor, uh, and uh, some of you that's a good thing. Some of you are a bad thing. Let me explain the analogy here. Uh, my most recent doctor challenges came last year uh, where I had a kidney stone. Um, so this is taking the Barna survey results was like having a kidney stone, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Let me, let me uh, explain that a little bit. Have you ever been to the doctor and you've got something going on, but you're not sure what it is? Uh, something is up and you need that doctor to tell you what's going on and they can take the scans, they can take the tests. Now, for those of you who have had kidney stones, it is sort of an odd one where you have a lot of pain. It's literally a really spiky thing that's traveling down your kidneys and out of your body. It's usually calcium-based. It hurts so bad. I have heard that it hurts as bad as childbirth. That wasn't my experience because when my wife gave birth, I didn't feel anything. And so it was definitely worse. Good one? What do you think? (laughs) I like that you can affirm me as we go. That's really great. Um, But when I went to the doctor, because it's sort of this invisible thing, they had to take scans, what I recognize, what there is, there are two things whenever we go to the doctor that we need from that doctor. Here they are. When I went to the doctor for this kidney stone, I needed to be understood. I needed him to believe me of what was going on in my life. And then 
We needed a plan. What do I do now? How can I continue areas of health for me? And how can I restart areas where there isn't as much health in the way I'm living? Now, the good news is, with our survey, we were not in a place of pain or trauma or something necessarily going very bad. In fact, right now, we're in a relative state of health as a church. But we still needed, from these Barna survey results, these same things. As a church, we need to understand ourselves. We need to have an accurate picture of who we really are. And then from that, how do we develop a plan to move forward? Highlighting our strength areas, but then also finding those areas where it's like, hey, we as a church have these uh, weaknesses. How do we address those, especially as we look forward to a brand new year in 2024? So uh, each, each week we have kind of a main idea of uh, what we're talking about, and today's the same. Here's our main idea for today. Together we can follow God's playbook for spiritual flourishing. And we'll talk more about what that looks like and what that means. Um, the, the data that we got from Barna through the survey, the raw data actually looks like this. Ooh, now some of you are data nerds. You're like, me likey. But this actually doesn't really make much sense at all. Um, but so the good part is they kind of organize the data under three headings, and that's what we're going to look at today. And here's those three headings. One, our demographics, that is who we are. Two, our flourishing people. This talks about who we are and, and our, like we said, our strengths and our, our weaknesses and our growth areas. And what does it take for us individually and then third, who we are as a church. What are some of the things we have going for us and what's the next step for us? So that's what we're going to get into today. And Alex is going to start us off with the demographics. Yeah, my section is uh, the demographics. Again, this is really rooted in that do we understand who we are? It was so beneficial. Maybe you've taken a, a genetic test where you took 23andMe or uh, Ancestry where you looked at it and part of it you say, oh, for sure, I absolutely knew that's who we were. And then part of those results always is like, oh, and then I'm 1% something you didn't expect. Very similar to these results. And that kind of curiosity, that interest in discovering who we are as a church, began right uh, from the beginning. Uh, let me just show you, this is our campus breakdown. Even our campus breakdown data was interesting, that over the course of the people taking this, what we had was 74% of people responding who are regular tenders at Manhattan Beach. Now, of course, this was a couple weeks ago. 21% of our people had been attending regularly at Torrance, and then we have about 5% uh, that attend online as their primary campus, their primary way they take in Journey of Faith. Now, what is amazing Amazing about this result is that these numbers are the same exact ratios they have always been. From the day we launched the Torrance campus, we were about 20 to 22 percent of the journey population. And as our two campuses are growing in a healthy way, we don't want either of our campuses to just buzz out and do an incredible thing, leaving the other one in the dirt. We actually want to grow together so that our ratios stay pretty similar. Yeah, so, and this, uh, this was the thing that stood out to me because I was thinking, is is Torrance growing? Yes, Torrance is growing at the same rate as Manhattan Beach. It looks different because of size, yeah. but it's the same rate, and that's, that's super encouraging. Right out of this, uh, this chart that we had of who we are as a campus came a very clear theme that I want to talk through several things scripturally and then also show you how it looked like in our data. And the theme had to do with our diversity, how we are a diverse church. So let me put it like this. Uh, if there's anything you remember from today, remember this, that diversity is part of who Journey 
is. And it will only grow as we strive to represent the South Bay better and better. We are a South Bay church. And so the more that we look like the South Bay, the more we will look like a very diverse group of people. Uh, we, we have had throughout our history uh, a phrase that we've used behind the scenes to kind of plot through, hey, how do we do ministry? How do we come up with strategies to reach people in the South Bay? And in the past, this is many years ago, we used to use this phrase, the Journey Johnsons. This was kind of our, our mental picture of a default person. Who were the Journey Johnsons? Now, we have already been sniffing this out maybe in the past five or seven years, but really this phrase has lost some of its benefit, or maybe it never had it and we just weren't woken up to that, but the idea that we are, or many of us are one thing, is sort of an inaccurate way of seeing who we are as a church, because there is no one group of people that is the Journey Johnsons. In fact, once I'll show you the demographics, what you'll recognize is, if there was, their name probably wouldn't be Johnson. Um, There is an element of who we are that demands that if we're going to understand who we are as a church, we must understand our differences that unify into this beautiful church that we have here. Um, The good news is that's exactly what Jesus wants for his church. Uh, Let me walk you through a very, very famous part of scripture where Jesus makes it very clear that healthy churches are diverse churches or ones that represent the diversity especially of their communities. Uh, Paul, one of the first Christian missionaries, wrote uh, one of the books of the Bible. It's a letter called 1 Corinthians. He was writing to a new church in a city called Corinth with many similarities to ours. Now, this was 2,000 years ago, but look at how he talks about how to build a diverse church. He says, listen, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We are out to represent not one thing, but many parts working together. Now, let me show you how he describes the diversity of his day. Here's what he says. He says, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves in our church, and some are free people, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. We all share the same Spirit. He is purposely pointing out, as he describes his people, the areas that they could have of tension. The, the Jews and the Gentiles were not fans of each other, especially in their religious expression or non-religious expression. Um, there was a tension there. And he says, yes, but here at our church, we come from these backgrounds and we are together because, not because we actually have similarities always, but because we're joined by this same spirit. He, he goes on to say this, He says, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. I love this. He's saying Journey Johnsons, that would actually be weird if the Journey Johnsons were one thing. That wouldn't make any sense here in the South Bay. He goes on like this. Yes, there are many parts, but only again, one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. There, there is a sense for some people who come to our church that they're like, yeah, but if we were all more similar, that would be the beneficial part of who we are. And Paul is saying, that's not really how God's kingdom works. God's kingdom works in a family of differences being unified in the spirit of God. He, he concludes with this beautiful phrase. He says, this will make for harmony among the members so that all the members uh, care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. 
I can tell you as a person whose campus just fell down in the rain, I am feeling this more than I ever have before, that we as a church are saying, oh, wow, that's a, that's a heavy thing. There's gravity there, whether you attend at Torrance or not. All the members are mourning together at the right time, and we will all be glad to somewhere down the road rejoice and relaunch that campus. We are a church of many parts made up of make up one body, and that's not because we're good people. It's because of God's spirit working in us. Now, I do want to show you, again, the promised demographics in three different categories that I think will display some of this diversity that we have. So the first one is our racial makeup here at Journey of Faith. This is our combined campuses. Uh, I know it's hard to see from where you're sitting maybe, but we're 55% identified as white, 16 and 16 both in the Hispanic and the Asian background, and then we've got six and six that label two or more races or African American, and then 1% of Native American or Pacific Islander. Now, Torrance campus, uh, this was, we did this when the Torrance campus was still standing, uh, skewed a little bit more diverse. It was actually only 42% white in our respondents, and that makes sense based on the geographic location of where we are in the South Bay. I think in the future, if we were to do more campuses, we would see an individual zone of how diversity looks in those things. But I do want to show you in comparison to the South Bay, here on this side is the South Bay demographics. Now, this is all of the South Bay, not just the beach cities. This is all the South Bay. You can see we're remarkably close, and we're built, we, have, we are a church that is more diverse now than we have ever been in our history, getting close to matching this. Again, at Torrance, the pendulum has swung to this side, where we're a little bit less white than the average, but that's because we're, we're balancing out here and striving for this. So all of our second Segments are in the same order, uh, and we're working more and more to represent that diversity. So in our racial diversity, we are the people of God who look very different than each other. Here's another uh, segment of that, which is our generations. This one is a beautiful bell, a bell chart, <laughs> um, where a bell curve where Gen Z and below 13, actually, you know what, let's make this very clear. We actually have many more people on that end of the spectrum, but they didn't take the test. We didn't, we didn't have the kids in Journey Kids be like, and then how satisfied are you with your experience at Journey? Eight out of 10. Um, we, we, we just have from basically maybe high school or junior hires, high schoolers who are in the room and above. Um, so millennials, we have 22%. Uh, Gen X, who's Gen X? You're the winners here of the... <laughs> um, by the way, this isn't 44 people. This is 44%, obviously, of the respondents. Doesn't always add up to 100 because of some uh, just, just generalities of the, the, the scoring. And then with boomers and elders, uh, it, it goes back down. Now, here's the beautiful part of this one. We correlated this with the data we have about people who are trying out church for the first time or experiencing a newness in their faith where they were unchurched or dechurched and they were re-exploring faith. What we're recognizing is that the chart for who is checking out Journey of Faith is exactly the same bell curve. Now that's wonderful because it's not like hey, boomers, get off your butts and actually invite someone to church. No, it's that we as a church, whatever generation you represent, we, you believe in the mission. You are people who say, God loves me so much, I must share that and invite a friend, help someone in my, one of my coworkers or neighbors to start experiencing God. You are doing that in a way that's healthy across all of these areas. I'm really, really glad for that element of our church. 
One more area of demographics uh, before I hand it back to Jason. This is our, our gender demographics, uh, 60% female and 40% male. This one is rather skewed from national results, from, from South Bay demographics would be more like 51, 52, surprisingly uh, close in South Bay demographics. So this is one where we are heavier on, uh, I was going to say heavier on women, that sounds bad, but no, heavier on female attendance here at church. I can tell you that from historical times, from the times of Jesus, this was likely the case. In many churches, uh, there is a heavier representation from women than men. I think in our culture, this is a massive negative because men are left off the hook from uh, family attendance at church or leading their families to church even. Um, But there is an adage uh, that, that has been around in church strategy for a long time, which basically says if you invite the family, you will likely get students, kids, and the mom. But if you can target the father, then the whole family comes. And maybe that's true in your family, maybe it's not. But if the dad of the family were to show a spiritual interest, the rest of family would say, we'll do anything to foster your spiritual interest because you usually don't show that. And so there, there are ways that I think we can address how do we come off, uh, how do we reach men in our community so that there wouldn't be a, a, a disparity between the averages and who we are? Um, one of the ways that uh, men in our church have been working on that is, I'm happy to announce that we are just in the next couple months relaunching uh, something that we had in the past, which is a men's ministry. This is a group of guys from our church who have been working on this very hard to invite people in their lives, their coworkers, their friends to casual gatherings. And we're at the point where it's becoming official and the first official event in this men's ministry is a barbecue that's happening on March 16th. Um, It's a chance for guys to gather, to meet men of faith, uh, to be in a comfortable environment where they can ask good questions, and then, of course, always be invited into church attendance and being part of a group or serving here at Journey of Faith. Now, of course, when we put up a big thing that says men's ministry, what is the number one thing that came to mind for everyone even before I finished announcing it? It was, well, what about the women's ministry? Wonderful, incredibly great question. Uh, the, the people, the men who've been organizing this are a few steps ahead of officializing it, but that will come. I can imagine six months down the road, uh, that kind of thing as uh, that is organized and put together. This is not so much that we're going to focus on men and it's just like, good luck, ladies. No, we really believe that there are spaces where there, we can provide a comfort level for people to make those first engagements, uh, both in men's ministry and women's ministry. And I, I like what Alex was saying about when you look at the history of the early church, the early church was really birthed out of a lot of uh, a lot of women and a lot of women leaders. And so the early Christian church was predominantly women with more men getting involved. But let me just say about us as church, 60% women, 40% men, that 40%, very manly, very manly. So thank God for that. Um, let's go to the third, uh, the second section here. Um, we're talking about we move from who we are to kind of where we're going. And the Barna research used this word flourishing. And probably the closest word that we have in biblical language to flourishing is the word blessed. It's that idea of a vibrant, energized life. And so when we started the year going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus's teachings that start with this idea of here's how to live the blessed life. And in our next series, we're going to be talking about something very similar with that. But as we looked at 
what it means to be flourishing people, one area of growth came to the surface in the data, and it has to do with relationships. And here's what we found. Uh, Here at our church, 48% of people were either somewhat or not content with the quality of our friendships and relationships. That's a big number. Almost half of us are only somewhat content or not content with friendships and relationships. Now, why is that? Well, the data didn't give us far enough to, to, to say, okay, here's why. But what we know about our church and what we know about the South Bay, here's a few reasons that we think this might be the case. One, relationships require time. And apart from money, time is the number one commodity for us in the South Bay. We are always, we're very busy and we're always trying to calculate what is the best use of our time. Now, that that means if we're going to have quality relationships and friendships, we need to plan to invest time into starting them and developing them. That's really, really important. Second, relationships require availability. Even if you have the time, you have to make yourself available to relationships. In the, in the South Bay, our number one RSVP response is maybe. Um, we, we reserve stuff at the end because we're, we're, we're wondering if something better might come up, right? So we're, we're, we're hesitant to commit to relationships in and of themselves. In some ways, we're kind of like, well, I know it'll be good with people there, but I'm not sure if it's the best investment of my complete time. So we're always factoring relationships as opposed to other things of value. And and that's a big challenge point for us around here. And then the third one is relationships require what we could say is nurture. In order to have quality relationships and friendships, we need to continue to develop uh, character traits of patience and kindness, emotional self-regulation, access to wisdom. And these are things like great relationships come as we are developing our character and as we continue to develop our character. And even sometimes challenging and unpleasant relationships become opportunities for us to lean into those things. Relationships also require us valuing repair work because ideally relationships, well, not ideally, normally, relationships go through ups and downs. And so the quality of our relationships is determined not by ensuring the relationship never goes up and down because that would be conflict avoidance. Quality relationships have to do with the ability to do repair work when there are challenges and developing the skills to do that. Now, Jesus said a lot about relationships, and we talk about a lot, of, a lot about relationships here, but there's one section of Jesus' teachings that I would love to share with you, and it's actually a prayer that Jesus prayed before he was getting ready to leave the world. So we got his friends together, they had dinner, and he said, I'm gonna pray for you about your relationships. And, and here's what he said in that prayer. He said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. 
I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one. He's talking to God the Father. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Now, this is really interesting. He's not just praying for his 12 disciples. He's praying for the people that would come to Jesus in the future. That's us. And by extension, he's praying for your friends, family, neighbors, and coworkers who have not come to Jesus yet. Jesus is praying for them. And what specifically is Jesus praying for? Well, he goes on and he says, I have given them the glory you gave me, Father, so that they may be one as we are in one. I am in them, you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Jesus is praying for unity amidst all the differences that Alex was describing that describe us. All these other things can, can be the differences we have. The unity that we have is we place Jesus first and he says, and Jesus is saying, I want them to be so unified that when the culture around them, when the world is tearing itself apart because of differences, that people look at the church and they go, how, how are they doing it? <laughs> With all their differences, how are they sticking together? God's got to be in that. I got I to gotta check that out. Which means we need to do what? We need to commit to relationship building. We need to do it as a church. We're doing some things as a church. We try to keep our, we're trying to keep our services uh, far enough apart so that you have time to show up and, and, and leave and hang out. You're not just having to rush in and out of the building because what happens in this room is really powerful, but it's really the relationships that are forming here that's probably more powerful. And that also means uh, what I'd like to ask is that you would this year give more space to that would you be open to hanging out a little bit longer after church and saying hi to some people? Have some conversations. Here's a big one, South Bay. Would you not only show up on time, would you show up early? When you come to church, if you come to church when the service starts, there's already people in the room. And the people in the room are the new people because we said, this is what time we start. I would love for you to meet those new people, but they are here before you. Would you bump your schedule to not show up to church early, but to show up to meet your church before the service starts? Invest in those relationships. We talk about groups all the time. If you're not in a group, would you find a way to organize your schedule to be able to try that out, to build relationships with other people? And I have this vision about serving here at the church that I have this vision that when you're serving at this church, you will develop relationship skills that will help you at work and at school and at home because now you're interacting 
with a large, diverse group of people. And so I'm going to be working with our teams to enhance some of that relational IQ that we have on our teams and even some of the leadership development where we can make that possible. And it's all kind of tied in with what Jesus is talking about. Let me go back to what he said here. Just at the end, he says, so that they may be one as we are one, I am in them, you are in me. Jesus is like, there's me, you, me, you, you, me, you, me. He keeps talking like that. And I think what's powerful is what Jesus is saying is the relationship that we are seeking to develop in our, in our relationship with God personally is directly connected to our ability to develop relationships with each other. As we learn how to maintain relationship with God, we learn how to maintain relationship with each other and vice versa. And if we're missing one of those, we're not flourishing. Now, one really kind of fun fact in our data is we also measured contentment, spiritual contentment. And out of our five, 757 respondents, we measured spiritual contentment and one person won as the most spiritually content person at Journey of Faith. And we have him here today, and we're going to bring him up on stage. This is Bill Hall. Bill, would you come up here? Let's give Bill Hall a round of applause. <laughs> Bill Hall is our most spiritually content person at Journey of Faith. And Bill, uh, we have a trophy for you. The trophy says the best for Bill. There we go. And it's uh, small because we thought he would be content with that. And uh, so, Bill, tell us something about what, what it means to be the most spiritually contemporary. Where, where does that come from? What is it? Okay, well, uh, about 20 years ago, I came to a realization that God owns everything. And by turning everything over to him, uh, I realized I'm just a short-term manager of what he provides. And every day I do the best to serve him. When I fall short, his grace makes up the differences he fills in the gaps. That's pretty much all there is to it. That's great, Bill. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. Thanks, Bill. But Bill has been in the church for a long time, served with us for a long time, and and, uh, so grateful for you, Bill. We're going to take that trophy back because we're going to give it in the next service again to you. So don't get too comfortable with your trophies. That's the other good spiritual lesson there. Okay, we got one more area here. Hey, as we end, I think I'll just walk us through this next area, if that's okay. Hey, uh, so the, that was our personal flourishing, how we're doing as people. Quickly, I want to walk you through how we're doing as a church, what elements, what themes came up front. We had some wonderful areas where we are flourishing as a church. Probably one of the highest level ways that we rated was in this category, which was being Bible-centered. We teach the Bible here. Thank you for recognizing that and being part of that journey together. In fact, that is a health area that we're going to press into even more over the next year. Specifically, I'm happy to announce that starting after Memorial Day this year, we're going to do a project together uh, that we haven't quite come up with a snappy name for right now. Maybe this will be the name. Right now, we're calling it a journey through the Bible, where we're going to look for probably about 18 
months at the full arc of the narrative of Scripture. If you don't know some of these old Bible stories or haven't heard them since you were a little kid in Sunday school, you will know them now. Let me show you the timeline of how that's going to work out. Starting in May of 2024, so right after Memorial Day, we're going to spend quite a long season in the Old Testament going through the story of the the proto-narratives, the the early times uh, in the Bible into the patriarchs and then all the stuff. We will cover all of those beautiful stories during that time. Starting from Christmas, which makes sense because Jesus is born, from Christmas to Easter, we're going to spend time uh, thematically in the life of Jesus, leading up to his death and resurrection from about Easter till about the fall, we're going to go through the rest of the early church and the narratives of uh, the New Testament. It is going to be a wonderful project. We are going to come out of this having studied together over a hundred different stories from the Bible. If you are a person that marks your Bible, you will mark 100 different stories that we're going to walk through together. It will be an incredible journey, very helpful for us to continue pushing into this area of uh, how do we hear best from God? Well, oftentimes that is through his word from the Bible. So we're really going to double down on that. Now, there were some areas that were weaknesses for us or areas that we could improve on. And specifically, we had a lot of responses about people who say, boy, I want to do better in blank. I want to learn how to share my faith better. I want to, I know I want to do those things, but how do I do those things? Here's a challenge that we're going to be talking about a lot this year. Uh, It's this one. It's the idea of turning our spiritual problems into a clear question this year, uh, that we would have a different clear question next year than we have this year. For instance, maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe that's an area where we, people talk about praying, but you're saying, well, that's a weakness for, for you. Turning that into a question would ask this question. Well, okay, finally, how do I pray? I should spend 2024 seeking out the answer to this, and we as a church want to help with that as we do this, uh, this, train, this practical training in how to follow God in some of these ways. So the, the, really the challenge for us is this next one. What's your question? What is the question that you and that we can be pursuing together that comes from your own experience of wanting to do more to follow a path of discipleship, follow a path of spiritual growth in your life? All right, let me wrap this up just with our, uh, our final slide here. We always do this. Hey, we, we talked about this. Together we can follow God's playbook for spiritual flourishing. Here's what we learned. We're a diverse church that must work together. How? Well, we should focus more on relationship building. And then secondly, we will grow through more specific spiritual training. Want to wrap us up? Yeah, let's wrap up with just thematically with the day. It's Super Bowl. And so... Um, let, we, we've got an opportunity here. So God's our coach. We've got a playbook. We're a really diverse team. Each one of us has a part. Let's look at the end of 2024 and even into 2025 as kind of our end zone for this next season as a church um, to really uh, work on ourselves spiritually, to work on our relationships with each other, to prioritize Jesus in a year that is already filled with all kinds of challenges and the ways that the country will will be attempting to pull us apart. Let's keep our focus. Let's head to the end zone so that we can celebrate there. So I'm going to close this in prayer. Would you all stand as we close today? And again, if you're new with us, you want to find out more about us or you have some questions, 
that you'd like to talk with somebody about. Our connections area is right outside. And if you'd like someone to pray with, maybe there's something going on today. We won't be praying about the game, but we will be praying about other things in your life. Uh, Down here at the cross, we have our prayer team that would love uh, to be able to hear from you and be able to pray with you and for you. Let me close us right now. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've called us to right here in the South Bay. And you've given us this unique place to grow together with others, to learn from each other, and, and centralized and, and as the foundation to look into the scripture that you have given us so that we can become who you would have us to be uh, for your glory and for the good of others. Um, as we go out today, uh, be with us in safety, with wisdom, and we look forward to getting back together next Sunday early, on time, uh, so that we can build more relationships that glorify you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yeah, yeah. Today, today. Said I woke up to the summer shining through. Calling on my friends, asking what's the move. Feeling a little different, I'm on something new. Catch me sitting in the 